We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Matson and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Peterman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. He was out at training camp on Monday. The pads are on. The pads are popping, as the youths say. And Chris, Chris, when we were setting up our when we were setting up our our recording time for today, just sent me I have takes. So I can't wait to hear them. Let's dive in. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Bosa's got him and a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. You texted me today the three most wonderful words in podcasting. I have takes. You you are out of practice on a rainy day in Santa Clara. No real news. The Devo contract became official. He signed that deal and was, was out on the practice field. But I guess I'm what, what we'll do here is I'm just going to, let you run down your list of takes start with one and then we'll discuss and then we'll move on to the next one okay the first the first take i have from being around this team and i was around it i went to in all the spring availabilities um this was my first practice i didn't go last week um before the pads came on i i only go when the pads come on kyle um but (laughs) but um the vibes are good like the vibes are good and this team has super high expectations and like they are openly talking about championship or bust mindset like and it's you know that that might be cliche and it might be um something you could sort of roll your eyes at early on in training camp but this isn't something that always happens right like not every team if you go listen to the way they talk or just observe how the intensity that they practice with and just look at how many high level players they have at a lot of different positions can say, yeah, like our goal is to win a Super Bowl and everything we're doing right now 
is to attain that goal. And I just think the vibes are really good. And overall, what really stands out to me just between the lines on the uh, at practice is just how good the defense is, or at least the potential for the defense. Um, I think this defense, after seeing it in person and, and asking around a little bit, like, I don't know that it's going to be good as, as good as it was in 2019, but I think it has a potential to be close or at least have that ceiling. And if Nick Bosa is a defensive player of the year candidate, which I think he will be if he stays healthy, if Eric Armstead continues what he did in the second half and, and the playoffs last year, um, I think you could say something similar with Samson Ebukam. The way the secondary is playing in conjunction with the pass rush, of course, under the caveat that the pass rush is always going to beat the offensive line early on in training camp, even with the pads on, particularly when so many guys are getting rotated in and out of the lineup along that offensive line. Mm-hmm. But it was like Trey Lance would take the snap, hit the top of his drop, make a couple reads, and there would be nothing there. And by the time he would take a step to try to reset the play and maybe reestablish um, a, a new throwing a new throwing point, like he would be sacked, right? And it's just like what they're doing that you can see on the practice field, which is unique. And I asked Samson Ebukam about this after practice, and he and he confirmed it. Like the the pass rush and the and the coverage in the secondary is tied together very well, mm-hmm. and that's like that that's a very good sign for this portion of the season because you know you talk to football people and they always talk about having pass rushing coverage on a string and one thing Ebukam said in, in his answer to my question was like yeah we just told the defense you know like last year or the secondary we're like if we can just force a quarterback to take one more pump before he gets rid of the ball that would do wonders for what the pass rush could be. Right. Mm-hmm. And with Charverius Ward playing at a super high level and looking like one of the best players on the field with Emmanuel Mosley playing well, um, we know what Jimmy Ward is. We think Talano Hufanga might, might be a pretty good player. And if not, I think you and I both believe Tarverius Moore could potentially be a, a good enough, strong safety I just think the ceiling for this defense is super high. And if you look at the way the 49ers have been able to run the ball since Kyle Shanahan has been there, um, if you look at the just the skill position guys and Debo Samuel coming back and we hit on it on, in the pod last night, like this is – I think Kyle Shanahan's correct when he says he's super excited about the team and it might be the most talented team that he's had since he's been here. Um, And obviously the big question mark is going to be what you get from Trey Lance. But I'm expecting this this team to be carried by the defense. I think this Mm. is going to the defense is going to carry the water for the team. And the Niners aren't going to need Trey Lance to put up 35 points a game on offense. So, you know, like and I know I've said it before, but like I think Trey Lance is probably going to average 20 to 25 pass attempts a game. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of those throws are going to be easy throws that are schemed open. And I think Kyle Shanahan's going to be putting the skill position guys like Debo Samuel in position to get yards after the catch. I think George Kittle is <laughs> I feel bad for Tavarius Moore because I went and watched the the one on one drills between um the safeties and the tight ends. Mm-hmm. 
And George Kittle would just like Tarverius Moore would have really good coverage. Like he would be physically in the right spot, have a be in good position to to contest the catch and get even get his hand on the ball. And George Kittle would just get excellent position and just body him and make the catch through contact. Like even with even with more chopping down in his arms as he Mm -hmm. caught it. And he had two plays like that in individual one on one drills. And then he in the red zone period, he made another contested catch along the right near the right pylon where it was like the coverage was good, but his hands are like just look really strong. And, mm-hmm. you know, we we had talked about earlier in George Kittle's career, like, you know, he's really good at yards after the catch. Like Kyle Shanahan was excellent at getting him open in space in 2018 when he had all those long receiving touchdowns. But there were questions like. You know, is George Kittle like a really good target to have in short court in like short quarters? Like, is is he yeah. going to be a contested catch guy? He looks like the best contested catch guy on the team right now. Or at is least that like, take number two <laughs> potentially. But I just think like all the ingredients are there, maybe with the exception of feeling comfortable in Trey Lance because it's his first year starting. Like all the ingredients are there to for this team to potentially go on a run. The, the thing that to stick specifically with the defense right now, since that's take number one, I'm committed to not bowling through takes. I want to hear all of these. Okay. So, so I think the big thing when, when we talk about the defense and marrying the coverage and the, and the pass rush, I think they need to translate that into takeaways. Yeah, how it feels like it has been. It may, I guess, I guess the 2011 year, they had a they had a ton of takeaways in, in Jim Harbaugh's first year, but it feels like since then they haven't had one of those years where it's just like not necessarily to a game, but just feels like, hey, you know, this defense is coming up with a takeaway once or twice a game, and can the offense capitalize? That's the thing I'm most interested to see. If Traverius Ward is going to play at this level and Emmanuel Mosley, who I think is a really good number two corner, is is lined up on the other side, it feels like that's a secondary with Jimmy Ward and either Traverius Moore, Talano, Hufunga. That's like a secondary that should generate more takeaways than their secondary has over the last decade. Right. And if you get takeaways, you know, it like if you get a few pick sixes a season, a fumble six, right? Mm-hmm. Like those, those swing games, obviously, right? Yeah. If you get a, a take a, a takeaway deep in an opponent's territory and you don't even need to get a first down to get a field goal, right? Like those are, those are huge swings in games. And I think the 49ers are going to be in position to get a lot of takeaways this year. I think one, and, and I guess sort of piggybacking off the defense might be elite take is, like I'm not so worried about Trey Lance and what he does against this defense in training camp practices. Like, yeah, it could definitely be a lot better, but the circumstances are nothing like what they're going to be in games, right? Like Debo Samuel took like two or three reps today with the ones, right? And I think both mm-hmm. of his catches came from Nate Sudfeld, right? Like Austin Mack is getting a lot of burn with the first team because when they when the Niners practice, for whatever reason, the receivers are just always rotating and there isn't necessarily the same group of like ones and twos with receivers as there are like the offensive line. Like the offensive line, 
it's pretty clear who like the first team offensive line is and who the second team offensive line is because you know which group is going with which quarterback but the 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 receivers are always churning over and rotating so it's like he's not very often playing with guys he's going to be playing with when the regular season starts on Sunday and in Trey Lance I mean the mm-hmm. offensive line is still they're still playing musical chairs Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey are still not getting all of the reps right so I think what's more important for Trey Lance is just how he responds and how his teammates view the way he's practicing and whether or not he's still exuding confidence whether or not his body language is good um, whether or not you know, he's, he's being resilient. And so it's just like, to me, I think that stuff is okay. Obviously interceptions are bad. He had one when he tried to extend a play today um, and tried to hit uh, Kyle Juszczyk over the middle and Traverius Ward picked it off. But it was just like every single play, every single pass play, Trey Lance felt like he was under siege. And like his first two reads were taken away. And by the time he tried to get to his third, he was already having to evade the pass rush. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is just because the pass rush is typically way ahead of the offensive line at this point in training camp. But I think this is all good for Trey Lance to go through. Like if the best defense he goes against all season or one of the best defenses he goes against all season is the one he had in training camp, those are very, very valuable reps. And there's no Mm -hmm. game planning, right? They're, They're like one thing that's different with training camp situations and game situations in game situations Kyle Shanahan is stringing plays together right he's dialing up plays because okay this is going to work and because that works then this next play is going to work and then in the third quarter we're going to give him the same look but we're going to do this third iteration of the play because that all set that up like in Niners practices most often it's like all right this is a run situation this is a run This is a run period. This is a second down period. This is a third down period. So there isn't like the sequencing of plays that happen throughout a drive or throughout a game that set things up. And also Mm -hmm. the the game planning is like completely different because they're just installing the offense versus, you know, picking 60 plays that they're going to run any given week Mm -hmm. um, based on the opponent and personnel packages and all those things. So like I understand reading into practice reports and seeing that oh Trey Lance is completing 50% of his passes and he threw a couple more interceptions and blah 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 like I get that you ideally would want Trey Lance to carve up the defense but for me like after watching them at practice it's very clear this defense is good and I would be almost more concerned about this football team overall if Trey Lance were carving up the defense in practice (laughs) sure (laughs) So the fact that the defense looks like it it has potential to be a top five unit in the league, I think is super promising. And ultimately, as long as Trey Lance's body language is good, as long as his teammates are responding to him, as long as Kyle Shanahan isn't like ripping his hair out on the practice field. And it doesn't seem like Shanahan, like Shanahan seems pretty at ease with mm-hmm. Trey Lance's training camp right now. And ultimately that's the biggest barometer because if Trey Lance were really struggling, I think we would know it. And I think it would kind of show on Kyle Shanahan's face. And we're not seeing any level of anxiety like that from Shanahan to this point. And maybe that changes and maybe he'll, he's just like this because it's training camp and he knows that, um, you know, how he, how he feels emotionally isn't, might not necessarily be healthy. 
um, because this is a very early portion of a long season. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that overall, like seeing that, like you got the vibes a little bit in the off season, but I think now that they are practicing um, and you're seeing it out there on the field, like the energy is good. And this just the, the team, the roster feels super deep in terms of like, you know, all the starting spots, like they feel super solid at a lot of spots. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, they they could be one of the better teams in the NFC. I mean, it's a team that's coming off the NFC Championship game that I think is going to be better this season. That's interesting. And it's sort of why they picked Trey Lance. Because the floor was lower, but the ceiling was a lot higher than it was with Mac Jones or Justin Fields or... Help me out. Was that it? Mac Jones. Yeah. Mac Jones. Justin Fields, yeah. Okay. So then it was the Mac Jones or Justin Fields. Kirk and Cousins. that's it. That's the name I was looking for. Brian Hoyer. Kirk. Kirk C. Who got extended again this offseason, which is just continually insane. Doesn't matter. Anyways. So. They took Lance knowing that. He was going to need some development and that the ceiling that he can reach, he probably wasn't going to scratch in 20. They certainly didn't think he was going to get there in 2021. 2022. That's not the expectation either, but they still took him knowing that like, this is going to be a good enough roster. It's going to be a good enough team that they can still theoretically be in that Super Bowl conversation. Even if Trey Lance has makes the rookie mistakes and has some of the growing pains that he's going to go through as a relatively inexperienced quarterback going back to his days in college. Like he started 17 college games right? and he's started two NFL games. Like there's, he just hasn't played a lot of football and thrown a lot of passes. So there was going to need to be some level of support for him with a supporting cast. And I think that that's why the Niners felt good about taking him and betting on his ceiling because Hey, they can win games even if he turns it over three times in a game or misses a couple throws in the red zone or whatever it is. They can afford to be patient with his development on the field because they can thread the needle in theory. They can thread the needle between him developing while playing and also winning games because of all the things you just mentioned, specifically with how good their defense is. Yeah. And I think like if you look around the NFC a little bit too, it's a down, it's a relatively down year potentially. Right. Like we don't know if anybody in the NFC East is actually good. We don't know if anybody in the North outside of the Packers is going to be good. And we don't know if anybody in the South outside of the Bucks is going to be, are going to be good. And we know the Rams are defending Super Bowl champs, obviously going to be very good. We have no idea about the Cardinals and we're obviously not super optimistic about the Seahawks. So, like, just purely on paper and based on the fact that the 49ers have gone to at least the NFC title game over the, in two of the last three years, like, I just think this is a roster that is built uh, that is built to insulate a first-time starting quarterback. And I think everybody understands that while also having the expectation of, all right, we should be better than last year. And if we just 
have a few different things go our way and we get a little bit better quarterback play and maybe don't turn the ball over as much like maybe they do have a Super Bowl ceiling I don't I don't know that and like I would be pretty stunned honestly if Trey Lance was able to go to the Super Bowl in his first season starting but I think it would be like, shocking if you put but if you put their roster one through 53 uh, but I think you could put it up against anybody else in the league I and agree like, and and so you know, a- NFC particularly. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here and say I think they're better than Buffalo or Kansas City, or hell, even San Diego who has or San Diego, the Chargers who have a loaded roster. But right? you like, don't. But you, the reason the reason you don't say they're better is because of the quarterback, right? If Trey Lance is really good, everybody's gonna go, "Wow, this Niners roster is loaded." When I think I think PFF did a thing that, that had the Niners roster ranked like 16th or 18th or something in the league right now. And that's that's nuts to me. They're they're really, really good. They just got to figure out what's happening under center. Yeah, I mean, so much of it is is about the system, too, right? It's about the system. It's about yeah. the stability, like Kyle Shanahan's entering his sixth season. Like all of a sudden, Kyle Shanahan is one of the most tenured coaches in in the NFC, right? Right. So that that matters for something, particularly with a group. And like, look, Mm -hmm. even beyond this season, like even if Trey Lance isn't good enough to get them to a Super Bowl this season, and who knows if he's ever going to be that good. But in terms of a situation a quarterback's going into, these are all guys under long-term contracts who are like pro bowlers or dudes, as we would say, right? Dudes, for sure. George Kittle. A lot of dudes. Debo Samuel, uh, Fred Warner, Trent Williams, Eric Armstead, and you're eventually going to have Nick Bosa probably next year, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a very, they're like a lot of Charvarius Ward. There are a lot of really good players potentially at important positions who are in the prime of their careers who are signed for a while. Mm-hmm. So, like, who are coming com- off of who are coming off of a gut-wrenching NFC Championship game loss. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and I think there's an element of like, all right, I just get the feeling that there's that that they feel there's a feeling like, all right, it's our time now. Yes. You know, that's just the like the vibe I get. And I don't know if that's worth anything, 
but like this is a different to me it's a different feeling training camp than the 49ers have had recently and i i think one of the things that when you start projecting that that we can't overlook is we talked about this we did a podcast about it how much how how much better lance looked in his week 17 start versus week 5 start it still wasn't great in week 17. Like it wasn't like, oh my God, start him and they win the Super Bowl. But you saw tangible improvement. And within those games, you saw tangible improvement as the game went on. So one of the things when it comes to projecting the 49ers, and you talk about how good their defense is and how good their roster is, I think what you have to add to that is what matters is not is certainly not what Trey Lance looks like in training camp. It's not going to matter what he looks like in the preseason. It's not even going to matter what he looks like week one in in Chicago. But if they are, if they are five and three going into the bye week, carried mostly by their defense, but you see Lance getting better. Like the 49ers Super Bowl conversation, I think will change a lot throughout this season based on how Lance develops. Because when you watch him right now and you consider week one is September 11th, so about a month and a half away. What he looks like in in that game is not going to be what he looks like by week 18. And that amount of, of, of growth, can they be good enough early? And it sounds like you think they can. Can they be good enough early that they can kind of keep afloat and in the hunt while he figures it out? And then by week 18, is he capable of kind of putting the team on his back and being a Super Bowl caliber quarterback? Yeah, I think I think that's well put. I think I think you're right on the money when like the roster can get the team to the playoffs and then how good Trey is in the playoffs will determine how far they go in the playoffs. Yes. Like, I think like that's because you can win in today's NFL in particular, like we, we, you know, like a decade ago, you know, or even not more recently than that. But like, even when the Ravens beat the Niners in the Super Bowl, they won basically on the strength of their defense, the strength of their roster. Yeah. Joe Flacco got hot, but it never felt like they had one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. The Eagles a few years later, what, 2016 Mm -hmm. won with Nick Foles, their backup quarterback, winning the Super Bowl over Tom Brady because they had such a deep roster. But now you're in a league where, you know, you have to beat Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in the NFC, but now in the AFC, it's like, it's just a gauntlet of star quarterbacks. And I think that's why Kyle Shanahan shifted his thinking away from like, oh, maybe I could win with Kirk Cousins to where, oh, maybe I need to go draft a guy who could potentially be a top five guy because you have to compete with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson and uh, Justin Herbert. And like, so the, the quarterback play has been elevated by a lot of these young guys in the league that can make plays outside of structure that you just don't have the same margin for error when you have somebody like Kirk Cousins who needs everything around him to go well right. in order for that team to win which is, I think, the same case for Jimmy Garoppolo, but the, the bigger issue with Jimmy Garoppolo is just availability, right, given, given sure. all the injury concerns. So 
Yeah, like I just I, I just think this team has a ton of potential, both short and long term. And um, and it will ultimately be dependent on Trey, like how far they go if they do make the playoffs. But I just think the roster is in a perfect spot to absorb a young quarterback because they're going to be able to play so so well defensively and because the running game could potentially be one of the better units in the league also. Did you have any other takes? Um, I thought Talanoa Hufanga was, was, was better than I was expecting. Um, he was really good in coverage. He had one um, dropped interception in like a one-on-ones, but then he went back and made another interception later and kind of made up for it, which I thought um, was impressive. Um, again, like I don't want to read too much into the offensive line stuff yet, but I do think the center situation is is pretty clearly the most problematic spot on the roster. Hmm. Um, and it was mostly Jake Brendel today. I know Daniel Brunskill has gotten gotten some work there, and I don't know that Daniel Brunskill is super good at just snapping the ball. <laughs> yeah, like in shotgun. I like, I will here. I will never forget the Falcons game. I said I would never forget, and then I forgot. <laughs> I'm the thing that I won't forget is not necessarily who they're playing. I think it was the Falcons game though. <laughs> When J- it was a game that Jake Brendel was playing center, and you could like tell that the 49ers offense was not right because the snaps were low or they were slow or they were a little bit high or off target one way or the other. And you could you could see that it was throwing off what the Niners were trying to do offensively. Do you remember when Joe Staley said like he was on this pod, he was talking about what it's like to be a lineman for Kyle Shanahan. And he was like, well, you have to get off the ball really quickly and get to your angles Mm -hmm. um, as fast as possible and get to your leverage points. And like all that is screwed up if there's a bad snap and the handoff doesn't go as quickly as it needs to for the right Mm -hmm. hole to open up. Um, Like, it is all predicated on timing. Like that's a super important part of the offense and like cadence and snapping the ball and just the, the exchange between the quarterback and the running backs. Like th- those are all timing based mechanisms and the snaps have to be good. Just point blank period. Like the snaps have to be good for all that stuff to work as efficiently as Kyle Shanahan wants it to. And I just don't know that, that they have that with Brunskill. Maybe they do with Brendel, but, um, that I mean, for a roster that's really loaded, I think that's clearly a spot that might be concerning. But I'm also wondering, like, is it just going to be something that they can scheme around? Because we've seen Kyle Shanahan scheme around all sorts of different issues before. And is he going into it like, yeah, we would ideally like to have guards who are nine out of tens, but our guards are six and sixes and sevens out of ten. But we can still make that work because right. we're not going to be you know, running behind. Aaron Banks or, you know, running too many plays like up the a gap, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, I, who knows, but like, I, I just, if there's an area of concern, I think it's center. And I think we knew that coming in. And I think that was pretty apparent. The fact that they skipped Brunskill at right guard altogether and just immediately put him rotating in at center. That was a pretty bad sign, especially considering Jake Brendel was supposed to be like the front runner Chris Forster's guy, super athletic. 
and was supposed to just step in and kind of be the starter. The fact that there was immediate competition there is not a great sign. Yeah. I do wonder if they're going to end up making a move there and who knows? I mean, again, it's early and like the offensive line has a very distinct disadvantage early on in training camp. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly like the Niners defensive line also is really good. Like Kamoko Torre is a pass rushing, like a, probably a starting pass rusher just from a pure talent perspective and just the way that he looks, he looks like a starting defensive end and he's going to be like the Niners second string guy mm-hmm. like between Kamoko Torre and Drake Jackson, potentially and Samson Ebukam, like they're, they just have a lot of guys on the edge. Like Nick Bosa. The, good little yeah. Well, yeah. Nick Bosa, obviously, but like, they have a lot of guys on the edge. Like they're going to yeah. be able to rush the passer. And I think that's just going to be such an equalizer in every game that they're in. Um, Robert Kimdiche, our guy, um, one of the most uniquely built physical athletes I've ever seen in person. Is Robert Kimdiche on track to be this year's Demontre Moore? I have no idea. God, Maybe. But so. the- <laughs> I mean, he's he had he seems like he has a super unique personality, and uh, I guess that's one that like that's the kindest, most reasonable way I could frame it without ever talking to him. He's, but like he's like the thinnest thick dude I've ever seen. Like he's it's hard to explain. His legs look like tree trunks, but he's he also just looks super agile. Like he's a monstrous dude who doesn't have like a midsection that's proportional to like a big monstrous like 300 pound dude if that makes sense he's one of the he's one of the he's one of the people Deion jordan's like this too where you you see their measurements and you see what they look like in a football uniform and you see how they move and then it's like how are you not good at this like how are you not i shouldn't say good because in the nfl every nfl player is good how are you not among the greatest players at this sport. And it puts into perspective like how good NFL athletes are. They're all big, they're all fast. And even if you look the part, it doesn't matter because everybody's big and fast. Yeah. He's just like, not had he was a first round pick for a reason. And he's just not put together a great career. Yeah, I, I'm just talking about I have no idea if he's gonna be good, but just he looks like not promising to start his career. Yeah, he just he looks like a superhero. <laughs> like he, right. He's and I just pulled up his mock draftables page. Oh, of course you did. It's uh it's Taylor Mays esque, man. There was a there dude, I'm tell I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna find it on YouTube and I'm gonna post it. Sports science did a whole thing about Robert Kim DJ when he got drafted. And how much power he generates when he comes out of his stance. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's... 90, 95th percentile broad jump, 97th percentile vertical jump, 92nd percentile 40-yard dash, uh, 89th percentile 10-yard split. Like, the guy really is just a freak athlete, and he looks like it. And I have no idea if it's going to translate into like anything productive, but like, you think about the reclamation projects that the 49ers have had in recent seasons and some of the 
numbers that they've gotten from just the most random dudes. Like, would it be crazy if Kim Diche was their backup defensive tackle and like part of the rotation working with no. Javon Kinlaw? And then like, yeah, I mean, Kinlaw wasn't they've, out there. They've they've reached a point where I know they're not a hundred percent hit rate on those guys, but they've reached a point that any defensive lineman they sign, I'm like, sure. Yeah, him becoming like it, a rotational player is not out of the question. Yeah, it might work. Yeah, it might work. Um, the one thing I was a little disappointed about was that um, Javon Kinlaw wasn't practicing today, and it was just a, a, the team said it was a routine maintenance day, so they had the day off Sunday, and then they gave him the day off today to give him two in a row. So I haven't got I haven't gotten to see him practice yet because he didn't practice in the spring either. Um, so I do want to see what what Javon Kinlaw looks like. Um, Cause that's obviously a big wild card. Like if Javon, if for, for the Niners to have a defense close to what it was in 2019, Javon Kinlaw needs to have a good season. Yeah. He doesn't need to be a pro bowler, but he needs to be, he needs to play 17 games and be effective. Yeah. He needs, he needs to have a good season because teams are going to double Nick Bosa teams and then focus other, you know, like Eric Armstead is going to be the second, second guy in the hierarchy for defensive or offensive lines to focus against. So like if you're playing on the other side of the line, whether you're Javon Kinlaw or Samson Nebukam, like you probably need to have good seasons for the defense to be elite. Um, and I think like, I think those possibilities exist, but we need to see it from Kinlaw because, you know, we haven't seen it over a full healthy season just yet. Yeah, definitely. A lot of flashes in his rookie year, but he's got to now take that, take that next step for sure. And I think when we talk about this defense being elite and being one of the best in the league, it it that that is under the assumption that Javon Kinlaw is going to be on the field and playing well. At least it is for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the the Javon Kinlaw is like like the pass rush could be one of the best like I don't know, top 8 in the league, top 10 mm-hmm. just in pure sacks cuz you know Nick Bosa is going to get if he's healthy, 15 to 18 or whatever. Eric Armstead could have 12. You know, if Samson Ebukam had six, like that would be fine. But like if Kinlaw is just disruptive enough to even push the pocket and just help create favorable matchups or like maximize his matchups when those other guys are getting doubled, you know, like that that's ultimately what lifts the ceiling on this pass rush, in my opinion. I agree. Do you have anything else from camp today? How how popping were the pads? Not super popping, I didn't think. Just like mid-level popping. One thing someone did say to me was like it was a pretty sluggish practice cuz like everybody's still kind of getting used to pads. Mm. Which you know makes and sense. It was, it was raining. Yeah, it was like sprinkling when we got out there and then it was just kind of like muggy and like humid. It felt like a Midwest it, day. Weird vibes in the bay today for sure. Yeah. Yeah, this whole rain thing just doesn't really track a whole lot, but Mm-mm. I'll take it. Same. I don't know if I've ever seen a training camp practice in the rain, actually, now that I think about it, other than today's. Yeah, rain rain in the Bay Area in late June, early August is not, or late July, early August is typically not a thing. Yeah, not, not much of a thing for most of the year. Totally. <laughs> um, when are you going back down there next? To be determined. TBD. Um, TBD. I know I'll be back there next Sunday. 
Um, but I'm not sure if I'll go down again in the meantime. But um, Dwight Clarkdale. Yeah, Dwight Clarkdale. I'll be there for that. Um, ears are always to the ground, though. You know this. Oh, dude. His <laughs> ears stay to the street. <laughs> hey, how about how about Sam and Andy, the light years guys, just big timing us on Twitter? That's fine. I mean, when you have a podcast it... as popular as theirs that I'm sure did Buku numbers this season and during the playoffs, I'm sure they kind of turn their nose up at I unsubscribed at everybody else. You unsubscribed? I'm salty. Are you creating a beef right now? <laughs> no. You know, no. Light Years has goons, man. I don't know if we have goons. Uh, we do. We definitely don't. We have. We have. <laughs> not to disparage our goons, but their their goons are built different. I mean, they just have goons in mass, right? Yeah. Like I've I've we been on those. Quality. I've been on those green rooms, like post post playoff games, and there are like hundreds and hundreds. There's like eight hundred people in there. It's crazy. Yeah. So, no, good for them. I mean, you know, look, we can only I can only control what we can control, man. We can't control who's listening to podcasts, who's making sure they're up on their subscriptions. Um. You know, like most people know, if there's big news, we're going to drop a pod and then they'll refresh the feed and then they'll check it. Not everybody most... knows that. And that's Andy fine. certainly doesn't. Andy certainly doesn't like, but, you know, maybe he does now. And he did give us a retweet like we he did. He did throw the link on his TL. So I have no will, will ill will. I'm not. I mean, I don't either for now. I, I respect your saltiness me- about it. I'm just making mental notes. That's I, all. I, yeah. Yeah, you 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 forgive, but you don't forget, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. <laughs> no, and at Blue Wire, we're all one family, and and we all should support each other. And yeah, it, maybe it is a little disappointing when someone when someone says, "Wow, I can't believe there isn't a podcast up about D- a Debo Samuel extension yet," when clearly there was. Yeah, right here on this feed. Right here on this feed. If you haven't heard it, uh, Nick Wagner rejoined the podcast again. And we broke down Debo Samuel's contract extension. He was out there today. Like I said, I think he caught two passes from Nate Sudfeld. Um, Nick? No, oh, well. Debo Samuel. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, Nick could do it. Oh, he definitely um, could. Nick's got some juice. But, um, yeah, you can go go listen to that one. I don't have much to add. I know, like, there's a lot you know, the structure's out and like the incentives are in and there's some money that he can make from like running. I think it's fun. The coverage of like contract structures, like we're all really interested in it as it happens. And then like a week goes by and it's like, oh yeah, who cares? Right. (laughs) Right. It's just, it's fascinating to look at and then it's just not going to matter. And then it goes away. You know, it's like, we're never, we're not going to be here next year or like next March be like, God, I don't know if the 49ers can afford to re-sign this person because Debo Samuel hit his $600,000 incentives. Right. You know, like it's just it's fun to see like but ultimately it really only impacts the team and Debo Samuel. Like it, I'm a, I'm excited for the race to tweet when he hits an incentive. <laughs> right. It's his fourth touchdown, he just made $150,000. Right. Like I think that I think I certainly think there's value to some of the structure stuff and like for those who don't know like just the there's bit, the bit on structures is my favorite it's it's just my favorite bit like for people the amount of people 
the amount of people just aghast that we did an emergency pod without knowing the structure was great. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, it's just funny. Like, of course, the structure matters. Like, that's we it's the... <laughs> it, ever since Twitter has existed, NFL contracts have come out. And then smart people who cover the NFL say, well, wait for the structure. It's like, yeah, no kidding. We get it at this point. Right. We know. We know that. (laughs) And then every time somebody signs a new contract, there are always people still tweeting. We got to wait for the structure. And it just kills me. I don't have any thoughts yet. (laughs) Go to hell. (laughs) It's three years, 73 and a half mil, 58 one guaranteed. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I got to see how much is fully guaranteed. Okay. Right. You got to know when the roster I got to see how much is fully in. this ratio. Yeah. <laughs> you got to, you get, yeah. So if Debo Samuel gets a certain amount of carries, which, or a certain amount of rushing yardage, which was actually less than what he had last year, then he gets 600K or something. Yeah. It's 1.3 million over the three, over the four years of the deal, essentially. Right. So it's like, great (laughs) cool man but i guess the big the upshot here is that kyle shanahan is still going to call running plays for debo the kyle shanahan spoke monday morning and it was really funny the way he was answering questions about debo's usage because he's not going to be like yeah our plan is to use him this many times and that because a he doesn't know and b he's just not going to divulge that information that would be insane (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but hey, it's still a, fair to our, ask. Here's our specific. No, totally. The the question has to be asked. But his the way he went about answering it because he didn't go, I'm not going to talk about that. He was like, yeah, we will or we won't depending on the opponent and the down and distance and the, and just gave a full explanation of like the, it's sort of what you know about game planning. Yeah, but what he, I mean, what he sort of hinted at but hasn't said directly is that like the running back injuries last year were really the biggest reason why Debo Samuel was utilized so much in the running game. So, like, you keep your running backs healthy. Oh, Trey Sermon had a good run today early in team drills. Hey, shout out to Trey Sermon. Just a one cut and like hit the hole, got like 10 or 12 yards out of it inside run. Running back room would be really interesting. It was an outside zone run, I believe, but he cut it inside and like decisively, right? And that's notable. It stood out to me because the knock on Trey Sermon had been like, maybe he did not do that. Yeah, maybe he tiptoes too much. Maybe he tries to kick it outside too much. Sort of the Carlos Hyde syndrome. Um, but you know, like decisive Trey Sermon is going to be the Trey Sermon that makes the team. So we'll see if he, he continues sure doing that. Indecisive Trey Sermon is not going to make the team. Decisive Trey Sermon, reasonable. Strong chance to make the team. Yeah. I also noticed you you said Carlos Hyde there. Is it just something in the water at Ohio State that running backs can't be decisive? Yeah, never been any good running backs to come out of Ohio State. No. It's it's a school known for just indecisive running backs, for sure. (laughs) Be widely known, depending. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Subscribe, rate, review if you have not. Tell all your friends. Gonna have a lot of content coming training camp preseason, regular season, postseason. Maybe. Maybe.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.